your Bible, if you would, please, if you have sermon notes in front of you, then study along with me. I want to talk today about the new series that we're starting, and I want them to put the series up so that the people at home can see it, and we appreciate all of you that are streaming in today. Uh, I'm so glad that technology allows you to be in church when you're not here physically, but you are here. It gives you that opportunity, and we really appreciate it so much your, your presence. Today, I, I start a new part of the series for the year. The series, the year is divided in my mind in three parts. We've already done the first part, now we start the second part. The one question that I started the year with was if you look in the mirror, when you look in the mirror, is that the person you dream you'd be? If that's not the person you dreamed you'd be, what, what happened? I talked about, for the last four months, first of all, what happened to me for one month. I talked about that. Remember I talked about you didn't know. You didn't have knowledge. You didn't have the understanding, so you made decisions that you didn't understand. Second month, I talked about what happened to my money. So you say, that's a good question, right? Then <laughs> the third month, I talked about what happened to my what? Family. You were here, right? Oh, come on. Y'all mess with me now. Come on now. What happened to who? Me. What happened to my money? And what happened to my family? And last month was what? What happened to my children? Now, who can say all four if I give you a free iPad? I'm not going to give you one. I just want to know if you can say it. <laughs> Let's say all four. You ready? What happened to? Me. What happened to my? Money. What happened to my? Family. And what happened to my? Children. Now, we've been talking about what happened. Now we change. Now we're going to talk about what to do about what happened to me. What do you do about it? You already told me what happened to me, so what do I do? Well, here's the word for the month. You ready? Say, rethink everything. I want you to rethink everything. There comes a time in your life when you have to change. You have to back up and say, this needs to be rethought. This contract doesn't work. The way we're flowing, the way we're communicating, the way things are going, it just, it just needs to be rethought. And so I want to show you a guy who had to rethink everything. I want to show you a guy in living color who had to ask that hard question, what in my life, and that's the big question for today, what in my life needs to be rethought? What in my life? If I'm really honest, if I sit down and tell the truth, this is not working. This is not the pathway to success. If you remember, if you've you know, been in school, you know that the, the people who make the grades make a decision. And I got professors in here and people who teach, and they can tell the student who gets it. The student decides to act like a student. Cut off cell phone, not be available during certain hours, they're in the library or they're where they're supposed to be. It used to be the library, now it's, you know, they're studying. Their friends are told, they're on notice, this is my study hours, you know I'm not available. Can't answer your questions now, call me back in five hours. Or I'll call you, better yet. There's something about making that bold decision. When I first went to college, I couldn't make it. I remember I was a freshman in my undergrad, my undergraduate grades show it. I mean, I just really didn't have the passion and the focus 
And I, what, my biggest problem was clarity, mentorship. Someone said, come here, you're a student now, okay? You're not, this is not the time to go make a bunch of money, you're not supposed to be a millionaire, stop all this entrepreneurial stuff. It's fine on the side for fun, but you need to get these books done. This is your focus. Do this for 36 months, 48 months, change your life. This will give you the foundation to do the things you want to do. If you can, if you, if you can go back, some of you can go back, you tell yourself that. You say, you know what? <laughs> you are so right. I am off focus. And because I'm off focus, God can't bless me the way he wants to. By the time I, I got older, I, I changed. I started realizing who was important, what was important, and what was not important. I rethought everything. I rethought money, finances, debt. Oh, God, help you think that over again. Living off credit cards like it's an income. That is not an emergency fund. That's a bondage fund. Cash is your friend. Praise God. You want to fix your problem, you should be transferring money, not using the card and swiping your way into more bondage that you know you can't even pay because you can't pay what you have. It's a trap organized by smart people who are smarter than you and I who understand that you will never win. You will never win the battle of compound interest. Next month, I'm going to do a series called Rethink the Road You're On. And one of the things I'll mention, and you just don't win. You know, some battles you don't win. You got to understand, I cannot win that battle. I, as a pastor, I, I'm like that with people. I realize, and this is how I survived pastoring 3,200 people. You just realize what you control and what you don't control. You realize that when you're known and you have some public notoriety at all, and I'm not saying I'm some big celebrity guy, but a, people, a lot of people know me, thousands of people. So, you know, and, and so I, I, some like me, some don't. You have to kind of get past that. I can't be controlled by that or dominated by that or allow someone that I have to confront about an issue to become mad with me and I therefore lose my mind for the rest of my life. I can't let that. I will never be a leader who goes but so far. If I'm dominated by somebody who wants my time and I can't give my time right now because my wife needs it or my kids need it or guess what, Ricky needs it. What are you doing? I am walking around my house looking ugly today. And I need to be ugly all day for me. Having the courage to look at myself and rethink how I respond to people and how I respond to people's perspective. I, I, if, I don't re, if I never rethought it, never sat down and, and said, look, this is not possible. Some of you parents, the way you're living your life, your mothers, the way you're mothering, the way you're running your family, the way you students are trying to, you can't do all this stuff. Stop it. Pause. Put stuff, I'm, this is not, the, I'll do that in two years. I'll do that in five years. I can't do that right now. This is the time I need to do that. God gave me a strong word yesterday about that in my life. There are some things I want you to do. And you're never going to be blessed unless you do them. Sit down at the table and do them. And so I, I'm, I feel a, a mandate in my soul. A revival, I'm rethinking everything. I can look at your schedule and tell you you will fail. I can, I can, you know, believe it or not, you can look in the mirror and say, man, this, this continues, gee whiz. Where am I going here? Rethink it. No, don't feel guilty. Okay, this works. Oh, I don't look good. Well, that doesn't make you look good. You got to walk. You got to try. You got to do something. You got to eat right. You got to change. You got to sit let me rethink this. You know, I floss my teeth before I came out here. You don't care about that, do you? No. You know why I floss my teeth? Because I remember what it was not to floss them. I remember, I remember going to the dentist and praying, oh, Jesus, 
I want them to stay in there. They're in there right now. I'm trying to hold on to them. They'll fall out. You don't think they will? When you get a toothache, that's the tooth saying, I'm leaving. <laughs> Keep on. I'm trying to leave out of here. I'm going. I was talking, oh, this is funny, you, 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 no one needs to know this, but this is called me digressing for fun. I last, you know, last week was my birthday, right? So I went and, and, I, and I wanted a steak. <laughs> and I did. I went and got me a steak. It's my birthday. <laughs> and a dessert. God, eat it, tell Because I really kind of just been really great. Good. So, and I sat there and I was eating. And I felt something back in what's, what's that? Oh my God, maybe it's some meat stuck back there. And that's why I said, oh, is this judgment? No, <laughs> and it's okay every now. You know, it is. If you, everything in moderation, come on, say everything in moderation, come on. The problem is we don't have no moderation. That's the problem, right? So, so I look at just chip my tooth. And my bed, you know, I'm thinking the devil is a liar back there. Why can't I I left the table, said, excuse me, I've been back. Went and looked in the mirror, and the two said, I'm gone. <laughs> this is a part of him. <laughs> he said, hey, I'm gone. Now, it didn't hurt, thank God. Everybody say amen to that one. Went down there on Monday, you know what I'm saying? I went down, got that little fill in there a little bit, got it off, so I'm on. going pretty good right now. But I'm telling you, you know, there are just moments in your life, because you don't rethink the stuff, you, go, you, you don't take care of yourself. If you're not careful, you'll end up in a place that you didn't expect to be. You know, I, 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 I don't want... I, I, accidents, that was an accident. I, I don't mind an accident. But I don't want to intentionally ignore something and create for myself. Hear this big statement. Create for myself a crisis in five or ten years that I don't have to have. I don't have to throw seed to my future that I'll reap. And so those are, that's why I've kind of made some decisions. Temple, come on, man. Try, do what you can. Come on, can you say, say do, what do what I can. Say, I should do what I can. Come on. Stop praying and blaming it on God and your mother and your dad. And, you know, my wife and I were talking about this this morning. I said, when will it be your fault? been your dad's fault for years. Okay, how, when do you take over? At what point does this become your choice? When should you rethink everything? Let everybody else on, out on probation for a minute. Okay, your mama, your daddy, your cousin, whoever abused you, whatever happened, take all those people and put them all over here and say, okay, now, I'm in charge. So what did I do to change my life? What well, starts with rethinking. And if you're not careful, you won't realize you don't think right. And this guy is an example of it, and I've got to hurry and get through it. So let me show you. 1 Kings chapter 12. His name is Rehoboam. He's the son of Solomon. And in your sermon notes, I want you to notice with me, in 1 Kings 12, this is the guy who is uh, stepping into power. It's his first time. He, all of us know who King Solomon was, the great ruler of Israel. This guy's smart, full of wisdom, wrote the book of Proverbs, most of it, rather. And he has all of this these great accolades, built great cities. Rehoboam is about to be approached by a guy named Jeroboam. Say Jeroboam. Jeroboam. Rehoboam. Rehoboam. 
Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. Jeroboam is the servant. Re Jeroboam has had some incident with, with uh, his dad, with uh, Solomon, years ago, so he runs away. And now the people really like Jeroboam. No, they like him a lot. And so now when the new king comes in, they say, well, Jeroboam, could you go in on our behalf or with us to speak to the new king, the up-and-coming king, and ask him to rule a different way? So listen to what happens. This is 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1. And Rehoboam went to Shisham for all of Israel uh, to make him king. So it happened, verse 2, when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, this is in 1 Kings 12, uh, heard it, he was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt. Verse 3, then they sent and called him. They called for this guy. They called for Jeroboam. They trusted his leadership. They didn't want to go talk to the new king without, the, without Jeroboam being there. It's amazing. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, they came saying these words. Now I want you to listen. They are now in the rethink the leader mode. There are three things I want to quickly say that I'm going to talk about, so you make sure you follow me, okay? I'm going to talk to you today about rethinking your leader, rethinking your history, and rethinking who, who you listen to. Say those with me, please. Say, rethink your leader, rethink your history, and rethink who you listen to. What you see in verse 1 through verse 3, the verses I've read, is they're rethinking their leader. They're deciding, do we want to follow you? There is that season in, in time when you pull over and you rethink the leader. Do you want to follow that person? There comes a moment when you have to decide that. I did this study last year in May of, uh, it's in 2014, and, and what I love about our sermon system is if you go to overcomingbyfaith.org, okay, and you click on sermons, when you click on sermons, when you look at the sermon, there's a list that says sermons 2014, sermons 2015. They took all the sermons, it's so cool, and put them on one page. So if you go back to our sermons 2014, you can click on May and hear the series I'm talking about, the whole thing with the sermon notes. It's so cool. You can watch it or listen to it, however you want to do it. It's really cool. And what you do is, in the sermon series, I answered the question of submission. Whenever you ask somebody to submit to you, you're saying, you can trust me. Submitting to me will not hurt you. And it's a wonderful study of, of the power of submission. But a lot of people don't realize that when, when you're a leader, people choose, they decide, do I trust you? Is it safe for me? That's the question. Is it safe? Well, these people come to Ray Bowman and say, you know, we really want you to consider, because of history, a few facts. So look with me now as they rethink history. Verse 4, your father made our yoke heavy. They start out with a strong accusation. It was hard to follow your dad. It was really difficult. Now, therefore, lighten the burdensome service of your father. We worked too many hours under your dad. He built all these cities, all these houses, all this stuff that everybody comes in town to see. But people died building this stuff. Seven days a week, you know, if you're one of his craftsmen and you're really good, there were no days off. This was hard work. And his heavy, he said, your father, lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. If you do that, we'll serve you. Verse 5 of 1 Kings 12. So he said to them, depart three days and then come back and talk to me. Now that's good. At least he's saying, okay, well, you know, guys, let me think about it. Now I like the fact that he's willing to do something that I believe changes your life. He's opening the door for more than one. There's a verse in the Bible, write this down, it's not in your notes. It's Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 through 20. 
Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Here's what it says. If two of you gather, if two of you agree in my name, there am I in the midst. Truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, they, they ask, it will be done for them. For where two or three gather, gather together in my name, God responds when you, don't work, when you don't work alone. If you are working alone, doing it all, paying all the bills, doing everything yourself, God doesn't join that. It's only when you unite. Partnership. God's big on that. He sent the disciples out two by two in Matthew 10. There's something about sending people out together, working together. That's what makes it work. It's, it's not being isolated. You, you can't, I, I made this mistake. Don't make this mistake. Trying to be a soloist. Trying to be a solo leader. If you're a single parent, find a friend. You can build a network. Get together, talk about it. Share. There's something powerful about doing that. When you isolate yourself, that's why you don't feel good, because you weren't designed to be that way. And so he, he tells them, he says, okay, guys, go away. I'll talk. I'll think it through. Now, I want you to notice the profound message, though, that he has to think through. History. What's true in history? Can you face that? I like the fact that they said historically there is, there is evidence that this is, this is not going to work. Your father built a lot of stuff, but this is a bad way to go forward. History has proven this will not work. I read, I read something one day that was really touching to me. The guy said he was talking about trust and faith. And he said there has to be a basis for trust and faith. Have faith in me. Okay, what's the basis for that historically? What's the basis for trusting you? There has to be some evidence. I can't just blindly trust. There's something profound happening here in this man's life. This is a rethinking moment. If he takes advantage of it, the world can be different. But the problem is who he listens to. So you've got to rethink who you listen to in these moments. Because you can listen to a voice that's either an elder voice with experience or an immature voice that's just safe for you. So notice the two groups he listens to. And there are two great lessons here. The first lesson is listen to people who challenge what has not worked. Say that with me, please. Come on. Listen to people who have challenged. They look at you and say, okay, listen, you're in school. You failed the last two classes. This isn't working. Don't view that as judgment. Don't ever confuse coaching with criticism. There's a difference. There's something about coaching. You can't see everything. Listen to people who are elders. And that doesn't just mean age, that means experience. I want you to listen to what he says in verse 6 here. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father, 1 Kings 12 and 6. These are the people who knew Solomon when he still lived. And he asked them a question. How do you advise me to answer these people? What do you want me to tell them? They said to him, and I put this in bold prints in your notes. Look at it. If you will be a servant to these people today, servant leadership. If you'll be a servant and serve them and answer, big statement, answer their questions and speak good words to them, that they will be your servants forever. You know, the sound of, a, of a, and this is a balance I've got I, in my own leadership I have to be careful about. I believe that you should be able to ask me questions. I believe that there's a right time to do that. I think there's a point where that can be used as a weapon 
are, can be used improperly. Because there are times when leaders make decisions and people should just kind of, okay, well, we talked about it, it's time to move forward. And it doesn't always need to be answered to your satisfaction. That's the challenge in my job. I have to make sure, okay, I listen, but I don't need to be under your, 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 your you know what I mean? Your, I got to convince you that I'm right. I don't, I don't believe a leader will always be right. I just have to lead. I try not, I try to be right, but I can't always be right. I'm going I'm to make mistakes. But I think it's important for you never to take the position as a follower that I need to answer to your satisfaction. That's a delicate balance. They're saying to him, all we want you to do is listen to us. And don't talk to us in tones that are unfair. That's what they wanted. And, they'll, and they said, we'll be your servant forever. The guys told them, we'll be your servant. They'll be your servants forever. The people long for this, obviously under Solomon, but they didn't have a voice. So what happens? He listens to those who have no experience, just his friends. Look at verse 8. He rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men, big statement, who had grown up with him. Guys in the neighborhood. Homies. What you think, man? They tried to tell me to be soft. Now, now I want you to know he already decided before he asked his friend. He liked the strong side of his father. He liked the power side of his dad. You got to be careful what part of leadership you like. You know, it's funny. I watch guys who want to be pastors. And you, know, you know what they like? You know, like? They like this. Jagged in front, cameras. They do. They, they, I, sometimes I hear guys teach, oh, America, I know you're looking at me. I want to say, no, I'm not. Click, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at you. I mean, you, you know, you just want to get, come on, man, it's making you crazy. It's, it's, you know, you don't want to, you know, it's making you crazy. Why are you preaching that long? People are tired. Let them go home. They're tired. <laughs> have you ever, not today, <laughs> not today, have you ever been, have you ever heard a sermon and you thought, that is absolutely too long? Raise your hand. Put your hands up high. I want to see you. Father, touch all these people. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you do, you go, man, this is ridiculous. I don't went to sleep and woke up, he's still talking. <laughs> I was out for 20 minutes. I went to a graveside, and that boy preached so long, I wanted to crawl in the grave myself. <laughs> I said, they're dead, you're going to kill all us too? What in the world are you doing? Can I ramble a minute? I've heard some guys. I said, I'm, I'm trying. I, don't, I hope it's not me today, but Lord. I, hear, I said, what, what is your point? What is the message? I'm confused, too. I said, you know, and I, see, and I know, because I used to sing preach a lot, so I'm not against sing preaching. Uh, you know, I used to, when you get lost, that's a good way to, to fake it till you make it. You get lost and people not with you. Oh, come on now. Ah, oh, yeah. In my head, I'm saying, oh, help me, God. I'm lost. I'm confused. Where am I? I don't know. Now, that's what I, not everybody's doing. Not everybody's doing that. I know that. But sometimes. I have some friends tell me they do it. They get up and don't have a sermon. They get up in front of the people. Don't have, oh, no, I'm right. I know. Hold on. They get up and, they, and they, they, they don't have a sermon. Some guys don't study until the night before. That's common. I call that bondage. I want to go to the movies on Saturday night. But I'll hang out with my girl. I don't want to be studying sermons on Friday or Saturday. Those are my date nights. Amen. I don't have time for sermons. I'm with Diane looking at her. 
going out, praise the Lord. Anyway, what was it? Anyway. So I, I had a friend tell me, he got up, he said, when he gets up to preach and he don't have something to say, he said, Quiet, come back and sing that song again. Come back and sing that song. And then I had one say, I just opened the Bible, where it falls. So that's it, praise God. Ezekiel, oh Jesus, chapter one. And the word of the Lord came. Y'all ever had the word of the Lord come? The word of the Lord does come. I believe the word come. When the word come, the word change your life. Come on, say amen. Don't be dead today. The word come. And the word's coming right now. Amen. <laughs> came to Ezekiel. That's right. It came to a man named Ezekiel. And that's how the word comes. And he said, get up. Sometime you got to get up. You got to get up. You sitting down. You're not preaching. Boy, you reading a verse. And what is that? That is not a message. You did not think that through. <laughs> Next time you hear that, you're going to say, when is that when that guy, is that the guy? <laughs> Y'all got me off, it's your fault. <laughs> say, rethink your leader. <laughs> rethink your history. <laughs> and rethink who you listen to. <laughs> he's now listening, not to the elders, he's listening to guys with no experience. And they basically tell him these words. If you skip down, he said, tell them, if I can paraphrase it, you can read it there in your notes. We're going to be, I want you to be tough. Your little finger should be tougher than your daddy's waist. Let them know, when you go back out there, let them know you're not going to play around. And I want you to go to number three in your notes and watch what he did. This is incredible. My father chasing you, I'm sorry, he said in verse 11, my father chasing you with whips, but I'm going to chase you with scourges. And then in number three, watch this tone. The king, in verse 13, answered the people roughly, seated in bold prints, and rejected the advice which the elders had given him. Verse 15, so the king did not listen to the people. And I want you to notice there was what I call a result report. Whenever you are rethinking who you listen to, first of all, make sure you look at what the result of listening to those people brought in your life. And I call it a result report. Watch what happens when he says this to the people. They say in verse 16, what share have we in David? We have no inheritance. There's nothing in this for me. When a person comes to that conclusion, you're in trouble. Because they figure there's nothing in this for us. There's nothing in it. You know, kids can come to this conclusion. There's no reason for me to be committed to you because you're not committed to me. There's no devotion. I mean, please, and parents can really learn from this because and any leader can learn from this. People can vote you out. You can have a title. You can be their birth parent, but they can decide there's nothing of benefit in communing with you because out of ten conversations, nine of them you criticize me. When I come over, it's my body, my clothes, it's my house, it's my husband, it's my children, it's me, it's my hair. You don't like anything about me. So why come? And then you say, why don't you come? Well, you know, who wants to come over to the criticism zone? Somebody asked me, so how do you get your kids to like you when they're, when they're older? I said, love them when they're younger. Embrace them, talk about them, go where they want to go. When's the last time you took them anywhere? And I'm going through this whole grandfather research thing and people are having fun laughing at me. talking about, yeah, you're doing your research because I'm talking about my research I'm doing, right? When you see the baby, you're going to just throw everything away and cast away all your research and become this really excited person who glows. 
Okay, I probably will. I mean, I probably will. I'll probably show you pictures and do all kind of stuff, right? I probably will. Count on it. But when the glowing's over, studies say grandparents can become distant. Studies say there are different kind of grandfathers. The grandfathers who talk about it, but then the grandfathers who do things, who have dates with their grandchildren. When's the last time you took your granddaughter anywhere? When's the last time you took your grandson anywhere? Just the two of you. When's the last time you invested? Oh, it's Cody Grandma. I want you to pause for a minute and think about this for a minute. All I got to do is ask you, tell me your grandfather's story. Tell me your grandparents' story beyond going to the house and eating all the food you shouldn't eat and going home and with your parents with a hurt stomach. I mean, I'm okay, I'm sorry. That's not true. Every grandparent's not like that. I don't know. I'll learn. I'm a rookie. I'll figure this out. But here's the truth. I have to find a way to make sure nobody feels like these people feel in my family, whether it be my children or my grandchildren, whoever it is I have, blessed to have. This leader communicated in a way that said, it's all about me and it's not about you. I'm going to take a big chance and I'm going to say this. You tell your kids on, about your great vacations and you never take them anywhere. Me and your daddy going on a cruise because we got jobs. <laughs> and you don't go. And then you bring back your little big pictures with your big hats and your clothes and your shirts. And you give them a t-shirt for $5. Thank you. Even if you had the money, you wouldn't take them. Because if you're not careful, see, see I, just, I just have a different philosophy. I think that's why they're the way they are. That's why they go hang out with some little boy, some little girl someplace, because at least they have time for them. I, I'm, 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 I'm grieved. That's not like that in every culture, by the way. I travel too much to know that. I see all families sometimes. I won't, I, won't, I won't start this ethnic thing, but I'm telling you, everybody doesn't think that way. And you've got to decide in your life what you want. This guy was at a moment when he could rethink everything and he could change everything. He could make it different. But instead of listening to the elder people, he listened to the younger people and he made a decision that lost him 10 tribes. 12 tribes in Israel, 10 went with Jeroboam and 2 went with him. And let me tell you, that was only God's grace that the 2 stayed with him. He did that in behalf of Solomon. Everybody would have left him. People rethink your leader. And people rethink whether they want to follow you or not. And you need to pause, look at history, and say, has this been good or has this been tough? I have seen people who don't listen and make an incredible assumption. It can't happen to me. Oh, but it can. Oh, it can. You can rise up one day and every single thing that you now presently have changes because you refuse to rethink everything. You refuse to go to God and say, Lord, what's the right decision? What, do I, what about my appetite that needs to be adjusted? In your life, what needs to be rethought. Next week, I'm going to take a turn, and I'm going to talk to you about rethinking the way you view life. 
And I want to give you a homework assignment because I think your view of life will, will change. In the next couple, three weeks, I'm going to talk about, for example, I want you to rethink your purpose in life. Here are the, here are the text. Here's your homework. Ready? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Say it with me. Please come on. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Three chapters. You can read one a week. And over the next three weeks, I'm going to plow through these chapters and give you one big point out of all of them. And my goal is to show you, for example, one of the great things we're going to talk about is why you're here. I want you to rethink about your purpose for life. God gave us one big purpose for living. And I'll let you see if you run across and can figure it out. But in chapter 5, 6, and 7, he lays out and says, here, let me show you why you're here. I want you to rethink. See, the disciples had heard from the leaders how they should live, what they should do. And Jesus says, in these three chapters, rethink everything. How you view love, relationship, marriage, everything. Now, when you read this, I want you to read it in the Message Bible version. So if you don't have a Message Bible, go to Google, okay, and type in Matthew 5, space, message, Bible. And when you do, Bible Gateway will come up or some other uh, Bible software will come, and you can go and read it for free, and you can see this incredible study in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you don't have it in another version, just read it in what you have. But I will, for the next three weeks, plow through these three chapters, and I will show you how you need to review your life. If I can get you to rethink it all, God can change it all. Did you learn something these last 30 minutes? Come on, I hope you did. Praise God. Father, I pray that the message we've shared today has helped lift the life of your people as they rethink everything, as they review their choices, review their attitudes, rethinking anger, rethinking temptation, rethinking how we respond to people when we're in difficult moments, redefine what it means to be blessed, rethink it. Look at it again, rethinking our relationships, rethinking how we view people. All these things we'll talk about in the next few weeks. And for some of us, it's time to do it. It's long overdue. And some of us need to rethink our walk with God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, 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 that's where I need to start. My, my, my relationship with God has not been what it needs to be. 